Is Kate uh, here to read our Bible reading this morning? Obviously, um, something's happened there, so shall I do it then? I'll do it. Our Bible reading this morning is from uh, 1 Peter 4, verses 1 through to 11. It's found on the church Bibles on page 1219. I'm not sure what page number it is on the large print Bibles, but let me just read this. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans should do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They think it's strange you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead, for this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body, but live according to God in, regarding, in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near, Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things... God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So I want to just look at that reading this morning. And I've got a question for you as we uh, begin, which is simply this. When you think of the word church, what's the first word or image that comes to mind? When you think of the word church... What's the first uh, word or image that comes to mind? Have you got it? You done it? Okay, we're going to come back to that, and uh, we'll explore that a bit more. Now, I don't know whether you know this passage, whether you've read it before. This is obviously a passage from the Bible, and uh, it's actually written by a guy called Peter. Peter uh, was a fisherman, as some of you will know. He met Jesus... And Jesus called him to follow him, and he, he had this a- absolutely transformed life. And uh, Jesus then was crucified, died, rose again, and Peter became a, a leader, a key leader in the early church. And basically, they think uh, this book, the book of 1 Peter, it's actually a letter to a group of Christians written about A.D. 60, and um, in a context where the church is starting to suffer where there's persecution happening. And there's all sorts of themes in this letter, uh, the grace of God, courage, perseverance, pilgrimage. But a great theme of this letter is um, actually following Jesus uh, when things aren't going very, very well. And also, there's huge amounts of teaching for the local church in this letter. So that's, if you're completely unfamiliar with the Bible, completely unfamiliar with this passage uh, a bit of an introduction. When Peter was with Jesus, 
he heard Jesus uh, say, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And Jesus spoke of this life, this extraordinary human life he wanted to offer people. And um, there's all sorts of stuff we could say about that. Uh, there's a multifaceted um, elements of that in this uh, passage. But what I want to do actually this morning is focus in on the second half of this passage and um, basically look at what Peter, this person who's actually spent three years with Jesus, he's actually founded churches, Christian communities, what he would say to us uh, and what he would encourage us uh, to do. And especially what I want to do is think about sort of verses eight onwards, this call for the church to uh, love each other deeply. And we've been, uh, if you're unfamiliar or you're visiting this morning, as a church we've been thinking about some qualities, some characteristics we're wanting just to remind ourselves that uh, we would like to have at St. Saviour's. So we've wanted our church to be a place of welcome, a place of encouragement, a place of worship. And this morning I want to um, remind us that uh, the New Testament would encourage us as a church here at St. Saviour's in Guildford to actually be a place of love for the church to be a place of love. Now, hands up if that was the first thing when I said church that came into your mind, a place of love. Anyone? One person. So um, I want to unpack this this morning. It's clear, you see, that Peter, who's writing to these Christians in this context, would say this in verse 8, love each other deeply, in verse 8. Love each other deeply. Churches are to be places where people love each other deeply and where people come into the church and they experience great uh, love. Notice uh, that Peter's call, he doesn't say, be nice to one another. He doesn't say, be polite, you know, get people coffee or, what, or whatever. He actually says, love each other deeply. And um, if I'm honest, I haven't been a Christian all my life, but when uh, I thought of the word church, I would just think the sort of words I would think would have been, before I came to faith, would have been things like slightly boring, slightly out of touch, judgmental, not a place of love and kindness and all these sorts of things. So let's explore what it is to be a church of love. Let me ask you as we explore... If you've been at St. Saviour's a while, do you experience St. Saviour's to be a place of love? Has that been your experience of this church? There's a few nods. That's encouraging. We've got three people nodding this morning. That's good, isn't it? So some of us have experienced St. Saviour's to be a place uh, of love. Notice we're to love each other deeply. So as I say, it's not be polite, be sort of... Um, you know, um, respectable or, or, or whatever, we're actually to love each other really, really deeply. So that's quite an interesting word. In the Greek, it actually means earnestly. And the sense of it is that we're actually to live, uh, love one another authentically in a real way uh, and in a vulnerable way, not in a dutiful, inauthentic, oh, we better do this because that's what the Bible says, but kind of actually to love each other in a very, very... Uh, authentic way. So, how, how do you think you're doing in the love call of Peter? If Peter was standing here, 
How would you respond to this call in your own life to love uh, the other people at this church deeply and earnestly? How do you think it's going? It's good to ask yourself that from time to time. So Peter, this extraordinary man who's had first uh, experience of Jesus, who's led um, Christian communities, would say, love each other deeply. And I guess the question is, why on earth can you love, should you love each other deeply? He says, actually, if you look at verse 8, love covers a multitude of sins. Love actually covers uh, a multitude of sins. And Peter would say, if we said, well, what do you mean by that, Peter? He would say it's so important for people in Christian communities to love each other deeply because that love, actually, when you do that, is very, very transformative and extraordinary, extraordinarily powerful. And if we said to Peter, well, what does that mean, covers a multitude of sins? He would say, I don't mean uh, if there are problems, if there are issues between you, uh, as there will be, that you ignore them or you bury them or you put them under the carpet. He would actually say, uh, actually, when we forgive one another, when we can have good conversations where there are problems, where we can um, champion one another, encourage one another, have realistic expectations of one another, actually, uh, actually, that's very, very transformative. And healthy communities need to have that uh, grace about them. So I want to just then ask, okay, Peter, you call us to love each other deeply. You've explained why, but how actually do you do that? How do you and I love one another deeply in this place? The New Testament has a few tips, doesn't it? It sort of speaks of bearing each other's burdens. It speaks of not slagging each other off behind our backs. It talks of championing one another, loving one another. Peter actually focuses on two things that uh, actually enable us to express deep love for one another. And I find them quite surprising. You'll see. The first thing he says is, if you're to love each other deeply, in verse 9, we need to offer one another hospitality. This is the first way we can love one another. We are to offer one another uh, hospitality. Now, it's clear as you look at church history, as you look at the New Testament, that hospitality is key to uh, Christian communities, the Christian witness, and hospitality is extended outside the church to people who are not in the church. But here, Peter's actually writing to Christians and saying, make sure, uh, if you're to love each other deeply, you need to extend hospitality to one another. And... Um, I remember when Bex and I got to New Zealand. We, uh, if you don't know, we were, spent a decade in New Zealand. We uh, planted a church there. We'd been there about a week, and uh, James and Janie were there, actually. And um, we got a phone call, and I read a little message. It said, David and Dale Garrett would like you to come to their house for lunch. And we thought, well, that sounds nice. So we went along. And I'm not kidding you. It was the most extraordinary sort of hospitality uh, we'd ever uh, experienced. We sort of walked into the room. There was about 15 of us, and there was, there was food for about 60 of us, all different sort of food. I actually, I, was, I thought, this is a bit weird. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is so lavish. Um, but it was this incredible hospitality. And I have to say, I, I've never forgotten that. And, uh, you know, they were absolutely uh, extraordinary. So we're to offer hospitality to one another, 
And so I'm asking you this morning, are you having people around for dinner? Are you getting people around to your house in this church? Are, are you doing that? Uh, Peter would say, I really, really urge you uh, to do that. And notice, actually, this call to actually be hospitable is actually really what he's saying is have fun together, if you think about it. it he's just saying get people around, socialize, and have lots of fun together. And uh, that's the heart of this call uh, of hospitality. And what's interesting is there's lots of passages in the New Testament that speak about when you meet together, sing psalms, worship, pray, do all of that sort of stuff. But Jesus also modeled a life of just socializing and having fun. And uh, often I think we can feel obliged, can't we, as Christians, whenever we meet, oh, we better, we better open the Bible, that's good, don't get me wrong, or we better pray. But often um, we forget or, or, or we struggle at times to have fun together. So Peter would say, guys, I hope you're having lots of meals together. I hope you're cooking for one another, having lots of fun together, and just enjoying one another's company. And this is an important element of uh, hospitality. Corporately, of course, that's individually, corporately, of course, we need to be extending uh, hospitality to uh, uh, other people um, as well. And uh, offering hospitality to people who are new to the church, maybe who are, who are uh, visiting on a Sunday. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we just, everyone who came here, for example, uh, got invited back for Sunday lunch um, or for a coffee after the service if it's earlier in the day? Peter would love this sort of environment where we're just getting to know one another, honoring one another, and offering uh, hospitality uh, to one another. So I want to just uh, encourage us to be doing that because if we do that, Peter would say, will be increasingly a place of love. Might I just encourage you to get this, these uh, invites uh, right? I remember when I came to faith, I was at a church, and I didn't really know anyone, and someone there said, hey, Mike, you've just become a Christian, um, love to get to know you, would you like to come around for dinner next week? I thought, that sounds great. They said, actually, we're having a cowboy and Indian party. Um, would you come along? And I sort of, oh, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, so I sort of, I don't know about you, who, who here loves fancy dress? Not many. Who here sort of their heart sinks when they hear fancy dress? Yeah, most of you. Um, that's the problem with the church. Now, <laughs> come on, relax. Anyway, I, I'm with the, oh, my heart's sinking. And so I dress up as an Indian, okay? I don't know anyone. I'm in, you know, I've got the whole thing. You know, got, I don't even know what that thing's called. I've got sort of an axe and stuff. I turn up. I go, hey, Charlie, bang on the door. There's lots of laughter inside. I open the door. He goes, hey, Mike, great to see you come in. And he said, oh, I forgot to tell you. We decided not to dress up. <laughs> so I am standing just as a new new person in the church, dressed as a flipping Indian. So just extend hospitality carefully is all I will say. So that's really, really important, isn't it, actually? Peter would say, this guy who could say all sorts of things, this guy who has seen Jesus do amazing things would say, have fun together, be hospitable. And um, I find in our culture, that's actually can be quite tricky. You know, 
one thing, it's like you say to people, do you want to come around for dinner next week? And they say, oh, if you notice this, it's like, oh, we've got, we, we could do December the 7th. Did you find that? And this is so, so you've actually got to be quite intentional about this and plan in fun and um, be very, very organized because this doesn't just happen in my experience. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's diary is full. So you actually have to be quite intentional about this. You can come to mine for a cowboy and Indian party if you want. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing Peter would say, you know, if, if you're to be loving one another deeply, we're actually to use our gifts. This is verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. And God has such a high view of people. Uh, I never realized this. He adores people. He loves people. He delights in people. He's also equipped people with gifts. All of us have gifts, uh, even if we feel we haven't. And again, some of these gifts are listed in the New Testament. There's a number of lists. Romans 12, 6 to 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11 and also 12, 28 to 30, Ephesians 4, 11. There's various gifts, aren't there? Administration, prophecy, preaching, teaching, all these sorts of gifts, but these aren't exhaustive at all. And um, basically, the gifts God gives us, really, it seems to me, some are for the uh, exercise within the church, uh, the gathered church, and some are for uh, when we're with our family, in the workplace, wherever it may be. So we have these gifts, all of us. And Peter would say, guys, you know, if you're to love each other deeply, use your gifts. Why on earth does that express love for people? Well, to be honest, all the gifts give us are for the growing up and encouragement of other people, all of them. And um, basically, when we exercise our gifts, we, we actually express love for other people, whatever it is. And this is why for Peter, it's so, so critical that people, A, know what their gifts are, and B, are exercising them. So I asked you this morning, do you know what your gifts are? You know, if I said to you, okay, write down your gifts, here's a pen and paper now, what would you say? Lots of people, it's like, mm. uh, or it's, oh, no, 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 I'm English. <laughs> I have, no, 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 I have none, actually. Um, you know, but actually, Peter would say, guys, you have got to know what your gifts are, and if you're to love one another deeply and earnestly, you must, A, know what they are, and B, uh, express them. And uh, it's very, very important because actually, as he says, we use our gifts to serve other people. And uh, that's really, really uh, important. Do you notice three things about what he says? First, he says, when we serve one another, we are faithful stewards of God's grace. That's the second half of 10b. So actually, what's extraordinary is when we use our gifts in the context of the church and beyond, what we actually do is extend God's love and grace. And this is why it's so important, because God is a God of love, he's gifted his people, and he wants us to love other people. How do we do that? We do that by using our gifts. And uh, it's very, very important that we extend love, grace, and kindness to people. And when we dutifully and in an honoring way, express our gifts. That's exactly what we do. And uh, so I went from the cowboy and Indian party. I felt, I felt, I was like, oh, that was a bit of a nightmare. I don't know. But I managed to carry on in the church. And I have to say, people in the church use their gifts. And it really, I, I, what I experienced was great love. And what I actually experienced was the love of God through the people. So lots of people uh, had the gift of encouragement. 
They really helped me, encouraged me. People had the gift of healing. Uh, they prayed for me. They helped me. Uh, I, I felt loved. People just uh, had the gift of hospitality and welcome. And uh, actually, through the people of the church, I experienced their love, but ultimately the love of God. So if we don't know what our gifts are, and we're not really using our gifts, that's almost uh, diminishing the love um, quota uh, in the community. So are you exercising your gifts? It's really, really important that we do that. Secondly, Peter would say in verse 11, if any of the gifts you have involve speaking, then um, do speak carefully. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. The New Testament is full, isn't it, of, of, of what we say and the power of words uh, for good or for bad. And the sense of this, Peter is saying, you know, if, if you have a gift where part of what you do is, is speaking, it might be preaching, teaching, encouraging, prophesying, whatever it is, he's saying, do be careful what you say to people because you can really, really build people up or you can really, really tear people down. If you love people deeply, just watch your words. Watch your words and make sure that actually you're building people up and, and almost imagine that you're speaking God's words himself. He's not saying when we speak, we are speaking the words of the Lord, but he is saying just have that attitude of reverence and care as you speak. And um, it's so easy to actually, um, by speaking, by exercising our gifts, to encourage people and impart love to people. And I think this is the sense of this call or, or the care here. Thirdly, do notice if we're serving, and this is really important, we should do this in God's strength, verse 11. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus. Uh, so I went to the Cowboy and Indian Party. I got involved in this church. I was blown away by the church, by the people in the church, the care. And I went from a place of thinking, gosh, the church is a bit dull, boring, and irrelevant, to thinking, oh my gosh, this church is this amazing community I never knew really existed, full of extraordinary people doing amazing things on a Sunday in the gathered church, but out in the community as well. What an amazing place. I want to be part of this. I've experienced healing and love uh, through this place. I can't believe it in, in a way I've never experienced it before. And um, I went from there and I got involved. I, I joined a prayer ministry team. If you don't know what that is, that's where you, you, I got some training on how to pray for other people. So I started praying for other people and uh, we went to a conference. I walked into a room. There's about maybe the same number here. And I just looked around and then I saw this woman. And she looked utterly exhausted. She looked like a husk of a person. And I remember just looking at her thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe this woman just looks absolutely exhausted. And as it was, in the afternoon, she came up to me and said, Mike, would you pray for me? And I, I said, yeah, I'd love to. Do you want to say anything? She said, well, actually, I've been serving God, and I've actually just completely burnt myself out. And uh, I'm exhausted. I mean, I... You, I, I almost wanted to take her to, to the A&E department. You know, she just looked exhausted. She looked frazzled. And uh, she said this. I've never forgot it. She said, the thing is, I've realized I've been doing this all in my own strength. 
and I haven't drawn on God's strength at all as I've been doing all these things. And I said, what have you been doing? She seemed to be doing everything as far as I could work out. This actually is really, really important. I've never forgotten her. And I learned a valuable lesson that actually we have gifts. We are to exercise them for the sake of loving one, one another. But we do that in God's strength, Peter would say. He'd know what he was talking about when you read his life, when you read what he does. He would have known uh, the importance of serving other people in God's strength, uh, not our own. You see, God... As we do stuff, I look back on my life and I sometimes think, I, don't, I just don't know how I did that. And it was God's strength doing it. So we have to be people who um, do things in God's strength. And this is really, really important because we mustn't do things in our strength. If we do, the point is simply this, we'll burn out or exercising our gifts will be a real burden and a depleting experience. So what do we take from Peter's second point about loving each other deeply to exercise our gifts in the strength of God? I guess personally, um, for us individually, we have to ask this question. Are we serving anyone else? Are we using our gifts to serve other people in in the context of the church? That's a good question. And uh, I don't know what the answer to that question in your own life is, but this is If Peter were here and you've answered, actually, no, I'm not serving anyone, uh, he'd probably say, serve others for the sake of the love of God, for the sake of the community. So I'm asking you to basically consider that if you're not serving anyone at present uh, as we gather together. I want to just ask you to consider that. I want to reassure you, actually, if you do serve, God strengthens you. And also, as a church, we're not one of those churches where you say, okay, I'll help. Annabelle's asking for help with the children. Okay, I'll help with that. Um, We're not going to say, great, you can do it for the next 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Um, Actually, uh, God empowers us and strengthens us. And uh, I would uh, encourage you just to do a couple of things, one thing at least, uh, to run the church if you're not already doing something. And also, can I encourage you, I want to just take this opportunity to encourage you to be thanking people who are doing things. You know, if you're in a life group, for example, anyone in a life group, if you don't know what a life group is, they're these these groups we have during the week. So that's most of you. Can I encourage you to be thanking your life group leaders? Because they're serving you and they're extending love to you. And they'll never say this because they're not like that. They They would hate me saying this, but thank them. Why not get them a present for Christmas? And don't forget that each week they have you into their house. They do lots of stuff before you arrive. They prepare stuff. When you've gone, they clear stuff up. And and there's quite a cost to doing that. But they're serving you. They're expressing love for you. If you're children, anyone got children in any of the groups or youth? When did you last say to the members of the children's team, I really appreciate what you're doing? Thank you. Uh, Rebecca had a great week this week. She was talking about it, her picture she drew or whatever. Because it's so easy to forget this, isn't it? So, so thank the people. Drop them a card at Christmas. Get them a present. It doesn't have to be much. Uh, express thanks. What about, uh, who else have we got? Like some of the worship team. When did you last thank them? Say, hey, thanks for getting up really early on a Sunday morning while I was still asleep. Or in the evening, hey, thanks for being here 
all afternoon and most of the night. I know the pay's not great. Um, when did you last do that? So it's important that we honor each other, express love and care and concern. And uh, I want to, to uh, say that actually, St. Saviour's isn't a very, very large church at all, but we, we're relatively small, I think, as a church. But actually, we do have enough people to really run this place really, really effectively. If everyone did one thing, actually, we'd, we'd, have, it, we'd have it doubled. Capacity, easy. But like many, many churches, actually, there's just a chunk of people who are doing stuff. This is said with no um, condemnation, by the way. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, if everyone here actually helped with a children's church, running life groups, with the welcome team. The welcome team are amazing. They do an incredible job. Uh, we just nail this so easily. And we'd also protect one another because we wouldn't have a few people doing too much. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? So... Um, Let's actually just go for it and take this opportunity. Let me finish. So what I'm suggesting is we want St. Saviour's to be a place of love, don't we? And Peter would say to us, have fun together. Get people around. Be hospitable. Do that without grumbling, he says. And secondly, serve one another. Express your gifts that God has given you, do it in God's strength, and actually the church will be this place of deep love, of healing, and of transformation. Does anyone want St. Saviour's to increasingly be like that? Well, you know what you've got to do. You've got to get your diaries out, book some parties in, and maybe volunteer somewhere or other in a, in a place where you think, God, I could do that in God's strength. Amen. Let's stand together. So we're drawing our service to a close. We'll sing a final song uh, in a moment. But let's just stand and let God strengthen us this morning. If you're not familiar with this, God is a living God. He's not someone who's sort of dead and limited just to the pages of the Bible. His story is in the Bible, but we believe as Christians that because he's defeated death, actually he's still alive. It's a bit weird, but it's true. And uh, actually he, he meets with us. And so let's just have the opportunity to stand in the presence of God, this God who loves us, who wants us to extend love to others here and beyond, and uh, ask him to fill us this morning in any way that he wants to. So let's just pause. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. We thank you what you can do through your people. We think of Peter, what you did through him, this burly fisherman whose life you transformed. We praise you for the work you're doing in this church, our church. And we thank you for all you're doing, Lord. Praise you, Father. And what I want to do is give anyone the opportunity who wants to be prayed for this morning just to come forward. It may be 
to do with something I've said. It could be, you know, you think, actually, I don't feel like I've got any gifts. I'd love some help with that. Or actually, uh, yes, I'd love to uh, be prayed for that I would be able to do this sort of stuff. It could be something completely different. But in all our services, this is an expression of love. We want to give people the opportunity to be prayed for. So if anyone wants to be prayed for, why not just come forward now, just come to the front And if a couple of the ministry team could come forward. It could be you're feeling exhausted in your life. You think, oh my goodness, I'm one of those people who's kind of exhausted myself, like that lady Mike met 20 years ago. Um, we'd love to pray with you. So anyone else who'd like some prayer, we'd love to encourage you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Just more and more. Courage as I pray this morning. Thank you, Lord. What we're going to do, just while we pray for people, I think, you know, be bold this morning. If there's more, do come. And um, we're going to sing a final song just as we draw the service to a close. And um, then I'll pray a prayer of blessing. We're going to take a collection. 